0: my fun is defined differently from your fun and so you know angie if i if i were to look at your life or stephanie's life and and compare my fun to yours when we're when we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people in other situations that's where we start to lose sight of what really matters to us
1: Hey everyone, it's Angie Wachowski. You are listening to the Bet On You podcast. It is 2024. This is the year of transformation. I am so excited because I have a fun way to engage on this podcast. I'm bringing in a dear friend of mine. She may not brag on herself, but I'm going to brag on Stephanie Cox, former president of a large oil and gas company, went on to become a CEO and now is the founder of Blue Sky ambition. Stephanie,
2: welcome to Bet on You. Thanks, Angie. Thanks for this opportunity to share this season with you. I'm super excited. Transformation is an important topic.
1: It is an important topic, and we have some great guests lined up. Uh, The first one we wanted to kick off the new year with though is focused on fun. It was a topic that Stephanie and I, in reflection, just thought that we could definitely do a better job this year on having fun. And I'll set the stage with a brief story. Uh, Last year, my friend Shannon and I went to go grab a glass of wine here in Northern Michigan. We went to a local vineyard and we sat down, it was kind of spontaneous, let me say that word again, Maybe I can't say that word. (laughs) It was a spontaneity in its finest, how's that? But we did it in the lack of a minute. That we were talking that night about just how we never do this. This is very unlike us to just drop everything and go out, and that we were having fun. And then we went on to describe how when we plan for fun, we typically put the f-u in fun because we overplan and over engineer our good time. But this was a rare evening. But it was a really funny discussion about how we put so much effort and energy into planning for fun, and then when fun never doesn't happen, we get really frustrated. I don't know, Stephanie that sound at all familiar
2: to you in your life? I was with you. Um, (laughs) Our whole lives have been scheduling and planning. And a lot of that has probably contributed to some of the successes that we've had. But can you really plan or engineer fun? And how do you get more of that spontaneity? So sometimes I'll say I plan fun because I want to ensure I make memories. I want to make sure I have it but I'd like to be a little bit more relaxed about it and learn how to do it differently.
1: I feel sometimes that vacations with families or friends, I orchestrate fun and then I observe fun. I may not feel a part of that fun because I'm just making sure everybody else is happy. And I think that's a common situation many of us find ourselves in. Like we're so focused on making everybody else happy that we forget that the happier we are, the more joyful, we are, the better everyone else is too. So I feel like sometimes we forget that our fun is a priority too. It matters and it needs to be part of the conversation. I think
2: that's true. And then we probably have to realize our family and friends, are they all wired like us? You know, Maybe they don't want everything so orchestrated and would like a little bit more of that white space. Have you gotten
1: feedback on that, Stephanie, before?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because vacations are pretty orchestrated because you only have so much time and you don't want to I guess, lose the opportunity of creating memories, but you can probably create some good memories without having it all planned.
1: And or being on vacation for that. And that's really the spirit of our guest, Paul Long Today, he is the creator of Fundamism and travels the country, I think he actually travels the globe, talking about how to have fun. So I'm so excited that he's gonna share with us, Stephanie, just some practical ways we can invite fun into our life.
2: I can't wait to learn from Paul.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm so excited that Stephanie and I get to host Paul Long here on the show, who is the king of fun. But before we even get into all the fun you're having in this world, Paul, can you share with us a little bit about you and your background?
0: Sure. So uh, first and foremost, I am Kansas board, Kansas bred. So I uh, reside right in the middle of the United States where all the barbecue and fun (laughs) takes place. So I graduated from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and became an underwriter out of college. So when you think fun, ladies, I'm certain you think insurance and underwriting. It didn't take me very long in the corporate world to realize that I needed an injection of fun myself. And then learning how to navigate the corporate space and injecting fun into culture is kind of what led me down the path that we're at today.
1: I'd love to hear from you, I imagine, with your experience in insurance underwriting, which, you know, I think it all comes down to choice, right? Whether or not you have fun in those environments. But I'd love to hear about you and just that aha moment where you realize that fun is missing and man, I can do something about it
0: sure well i'm sure it's not news to you that in a call center space which is really what the underwriting world was for me uh, we were taking 50 60 70 calls a day and they weren't individuals or policyholders or agents calling to say i love you and everything you stand for you're doing such a great job so our days were toxic and muddled with monotony And, you know, all the things that that fall along with answering difficult questions with upset people on a regular basis. So I learned very quickly that it was within me or my day was in my own control in terms of how it ended up the energy, how fast it went, the troubles that I experienced. And so people that have heard me talk before have heard this story, so forgive the overlap, but uh, whenever I would answer the phone, it would always be some kind of silly opener, like it's a tremendous Tuesday, how do I make your day tremendous too? And again, mind you, the individuals calling me weren't always happy, so they'd be like, well, I'm glad that you're having a good day because I'm certainly not. And uh, what I would typically do is I I would put it back on them. I would say, oh, my goodness, Stephanie, I'm so terribly saddened to hear you're having such a bad day. I take great pride here at Farmers Insurance in lifting people up a little closer where I am when we get off the call than when we first started. So how could I help bring a smile to your day? And while it didn't work every single time, I could count on one hand the number of callers that I that I didn't have a meaningful interaction with, or that we didn't end the call saying, and I'm sure you've heard this before, it's not you I'm mad at; it's the situation.
2: I'm sure, though, you must have been infectious with your coworkers when they're hearing you, because a call center is pretty dense people. You know, in they must have been very like, "Whoa, what, what's with this guy?" But it must have rubbed off on other people.
0: I don't know if it did or didn't. I know that it did uh, allow me to get into leadership relatively quickly. So I ended up getting promoted to trainer, then training manager. Then I was an organizational supervisor and my career culminated in the corporate space as the director of call center operations tasked with a performance management strategy of 2,500 people. So, Somebody in that leadership team saw the energy uh, in the, the culture that could be and thought maybe just maybe I could help. And I'd like to think that I did somewhat, but ultimately it led me down a path where I realized that at one point in time in my career, I had everything that society had convinced me would make me happy. I had the salary, I had the ability to make an impact. I was in a leadership position so I could really connect with individuals and help them in their you know, professional and personal development plan. And I was miserable and I wasn't present with a brand new baby that we had at home. My wife and I were living in Portland, Oregon, all by ourselves with no support mechanism. And I remember distinctly one day my wife looking at me as, as I had tears in my eyes, overwhelmed with the burden at work. And she said, you know, the world needs fundamentalism, Paul, but nobody needs it more than you. I encourage you to chase your dreams and let's figure this thing out together. And that's what led me down the path to fundamentalism, which is a concept we'll talk about here briefly, and the speaking world. I
1: think that's wonderful. And I can imagine too, I think so many people, this resonates that you put so much energy and effort into trying to lift other people's spirits and then some of those most sacred relationships and roles that you have, you're depleted you've got nothing left and then just that reprioritization and things come alive uh before you jumped on paul stephanie and i were talking about just how awful we are at having fun and i think yeah. it's a problem many people face which hence fundamism <laughs> the solution to our problem but why do you think most of us and i say most of us so hard-working professionals with multiple roles and facets in their life Why do you think we suck at fun?
0: (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I think it's important to note that fun can be defined differently for a lot of folks. And so whenever I get on stage uh, in front of audiences, I always wear a bow tie and loud, obnoxious shirts and bright shoes. And I call out the fact that if you're looking at me thinking that this extrovert with this ridiculous outfit, outfit is the benchmark for fun and count me out, I I want to be clear. This is me. This is my fun. My fun is defined differently from your fun. And so, you know, Angie, if I, if I were to look at your life or Stephanie's life and, and compare my fun to yours, when we're, when we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and other situations, that's where we start to lose sight of what really matters to us. And so I think the most important thing circling back to your question, why do we suck at fun? One, Have we even defined what fun, joy and fulfillment looks like for us? Because oftentimes I find that people say fun and fulfillment is really defined by moments with their family and the people that matter. But then we're with those individuals, those, those family members, the people that matter and we're on our phones or, you know, working email or figuring out what the next move is. So identifying what fun looks like first, and identifying how far we are from it is the most important thing and again not comparing your fun to others fun and then i think one of the biggest potholes in all of us creating more fun is allowing individuals and situations to impact the level of fun that we have you see if i define fun a certain way and then i get into a a work environment or a peer-to-peer environment, and it's not what my expectations were, then ultimately I could I could fall into disappointment. And I could say things well like, well, if Stephanie was better at making me feel comfortable, if she was more welcoming, allowing me to be my authentic self, well, then I would be more fun. If we're waiting on Stephanie and Angie and Paul and your boss and your your you know, local cashier at the grocery store and the congregation at your church to create your joy, fun, and, and happiness for you, or, or the perfect environment where you could grasp that fun, well, we'll be waiting for a long time. That fun is within you right now, and sometimes we just need a little help or reminder to realize what it looks like and how to get
2: it back. So is it more about being intentional, You know, thinking about your day, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna intentionally find ways to have a fun day or fun interactions?
0: A thousand percent. Imagine we were so deliberate in creating meaningful interactions with others or making moments fun in life as we were working our email, as we were in brushing our teeth. So fundamentism is defined as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. The fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. It's just a made up word and it really is a series of what i call brain pattern interrupts and these hail from uh, mindfulness practice so you know we get stuck in this rut stephanie and, and you said you mentioned the term being deliberate well oftentimes we we navigate life on cruise control and we allow our thoughts to take over and our experiences and how we live our lives and so in this moment Uh, I find that everybody in society has a shared common connection. Like, it doesn't matter who you are, what background we are, where you live, everybody in society has a shared common connection. And that common connection is everybody has gone through something, is going through something, or will go through something. And these are the thoughts that consume us on a regular basis. We think about what we've been through, what we're currently going through, or we even anticipate what we're about to go through. And so in these moments, we have to be deliberate in identifying our own brain pattern interrupt and a brain pattern interrupt is defined as an experience that serves to alter a person's mental, emotional, or behavioral state. So if indeed we're expecting a certain thing, if our, if our headspace is expecting to experience something, how do we shock that? How do we, how do we throw our brain for a loop and introduce something that it wasn't expecting? Let me give you a very real example i'm guessing that you ladies hear a question no less than 30 times a day or are asked a question no less than 30 times a day we ask this question to spark conversation when we see folks you asked it of me when i first joined this podcast what's the question that we ask
1: probably how are you (laughs) yes how are you are you paul really
0: How's it going? <laughs> and the responses that we get are so commonly uh, fine, good, or great. And it's like, I love those responses. And oftentimes great is is it's that great. Oh, you better tell your face because it hasn't got the message yet, right? Or or you hear people with these responses like, I'll oh, live in the dream, right? And and so again, we're pre-programmed because we know that people are gonna ask these questions that we just go through and we check the box and we say, fine, good, great, living the dream. You know what folks aren't expecting? You to follow up. Really, the dream, to find <laughs> that dream. I want to hear more about that. And so oftentimes people will respond, well, it's really a nightmare, <laughs> I was like. Thank you. You asked me earlier, how was I doing? And I said, I'm on cloud nine. And you, oh, how, well, and I said, where are you ladies at? And Stephanie, you were, uh, I'm an eight. Well, then a follow-up question again a brain pattern interrupt one that we weren't accepting well how do we get to a nine well maybe this call will do it i don't know but for a brief moment what we facilitated is a deliberate conversation about something that could potentially bring you joy and that is a brain pattern interrupt
1: i think that is just a wonderful way to start imagining not just how we engage others but even challenging our own reactions when we get those things. Just how can we disrupt ourselves to get us to a better place? And so can you just share with me what a day is like for you? What are some of your habits or patterns that keep your energy high? Because I know I I would not define myself as an extrovert, somebody who gets really charged by people, though I do love being around people and I love being in this moment right now. Um, But I'd love to hear just some of your habits that keep your energy high and not necessarily the ones that revolve the extroversion side, but just in general, just some of your behaviors.
0: Yeah. Well, again, just to, to circle back, I think it's important to just continue to reiterate because our listeners are comprised of different personalities and different interests. So I am a, a natural extrovert. Now, now mind you, I do get a ton of energy from being by myself as well. And so, you know, I, I don't know if I'm naturally uh, an introvert, but, you know, by myself, but an extrovert when I get around people, I don't know. But the point is, if, if folks are listening to me and thinking, oh, this guy's energetic, he's got passion, and I, I can't do the fundamental stuff, that that's not it. It's being deliberate, like Stephanie said. So, so my deliberate fundamentals or brain pattern interrupts in gravitating more towards what's good as opposed to what isn't, uh, music. Music is something that I deliberately invite into my day each and every single day, but it's not, I'm going to turn the radio on and whatever happens happens. It's I'm going to identify a song that I know is going to drive a certain mood because I could find a song that makes me laugh, that makes me cry, that makes me feel, that makes me escape. I could find a song that's going to drive any specific emotion. So fitness is something that I deliberately invited my day and people consistently shower me with praise about how fit I am. And they say, how do you do it? And this is my honest answer. I don't go to the gym because I like working out. I go to the gym because I love listening to music. Working out is a byproduct of me being in my own personal concert. That's all it is. And so there's a song called Best Day Ever uh, by a gentleman by the name of Mac Miller. Best Day Ever. Uh, BDE is is what it's really called. And and this song, I could put on no matter what time of day, and it's going to make me smile. The chorus goes something to the extent of, no matter where life takes me, you'll find me with a smile. Pursuit to be happy, only laughing like a child. I never thought life could be this sweet. It's got me cheesing from cheek to cheek. And I ain't going to wait for nothing. Cause that just ain't my style life. Couldn't get better. This is going to be the best day ever. Now tell me, how could you listen to that verse and not immediately reflect or think about
2: what I'm going to do next? I love that, that that's, you said that fitness is the byproduct, but you go in, you have this music, you get that feeling and you know what you want to feel in a way. So being deliberate is one way of having fun and then how do you incorporate spontaneity in fun Mm. so imagine
0: one of these fundamentals and my favorite one or brain pattern interrupt is creating meaningful interactions with others so creating meaningful interactions with others if if we focus deliberately on creating meaningful interactions with others there's going to be a ton of spontaneity that just happens as a byproduct of the interaction that we create Now, in creating meaningful interactions, if this is one of the most uh, foundational elements of fundamism, imagine a desired outcome every time we get into a conversation with others. And the desired outcome is as simple as one of three things. How do I make somebody smile, laugh, or feel appreciated? Imagine we were that deliberate in every conversation. How can I make somebody smile, laugh, or feel appreciated? Think about if I set that goal, if I'm that intentional, if I'm that deliberate, imagine the brain pattern interrupt that that could create for somebody else that was expecting me to say, how's it going today? Or how's the family, right? Or, hey, how was Paris? It's not how was Paris that you recently got back from, Stephanie. It was, hey, what was the most memorable moment that you shared out there with others? Now you are in thought. And you're in thought specifically about something that you find fun or that gives you joy and the results of that conversation is going to create a, a wealth of of paths to go down all of which you weren't expecting which is the definition yeah. of spontaneity. And it shows
2: you care too it shows that you're interested yes, and that does create more spontaneity and fun so i've got a question for you and
1: just thinking about this year 2024 that we're preparing for I know a lot of people that we're inviting into the Bet On You podcast are thinking about some area of life they want to transform. And typically when you start a transformational journey, you're not you know, trying to transform something that's awesome. I mean, maybe you are, but most people are are trying to transform something that is really difficult and really hard that they're going through. So imagine if you will. Um, I imagine that I am going through a really difficult stage in my relationship. Maybe I'm headed for divorce and my company is going through layoffs and I'm nervous and my kids are being, you know, kids don't necessarily cooperate with the moods of the parents in the house. Sometimes they, they struggle against them. What kind of advice would you have for somebody who might feel like fun is frivolous for them in this moment? What kind of guidance or coaching would you have to offer them?
0: Well, in all of those situations that you mm-hmm. laid forth, whether it's potential layoffs or unruly children uh, or you know relationship woes, something that comes along with all of those and the thoughts that accompany them are expectations, right? Expectations that we can't possibly know or understand. It is my personal belief that expectations are the root of unhappiness if you think of all the times you've ever been unhappy it's because we had expectations and it didn't go the way that we expected it to and so then we feel left out we feel longing for more we feel like a failure we feel like we didn't accomplish what we set forth to do but in reality we can only control this thing right here and i you know i get so tired when speakers like me say, you want joy, fun, and happiness, look within yourself. It was there all along. You have to make changes. Nobody else can do it for you. But it is the God's honest truth that if indeed we are unhappy with our relationship, with our job situation, with, with how our kids respond to us, we spend so much time looking at everybody else in every situation that we're in. And very few times do we look in the mirror and say, what am I doing right now that's driving this outcome? Let me give you a very real experience. Something that hits very close to home for me. I have a brother that's five years older than me and my brother is amazing. He's got amazing children. He's got an amazing skill set. The only person that doesn't understand how amazing my brother is, is my brother. And so, Recently, he was talking to me about fundemism, you know, fundemism, made up word, Paul. I, said, Paul, I said, Chris, that's what geniuses <laughs> do. So he goes, I get it. He says, but don't you, don't you believe that sometimes bad things just happen to people? Like some people just are riddled with bad luck. I said, Chris, I don't believe in luck. I believe in energy and i believe whatever you want to see in this world like tony robbins said energy goes where your energy flows where your attention goes energy flows where your attention goes so i don't believe in luck i believe in energy he said paul i get that but how many people do you know paul how many people do you know that have had a car stolen from the driveway of their own house on three separate occasions which is an absolutely true story my brother has had a car stolen from the driveway of his own house on three separate occasions. So after pondering it for a brief moment, I responded with the first thing that came to my mind. I said, well, Chris, the same amount of people that I know that leave their keys in the ignition (laughs) in their car in the driveway of their own house every single night. And so the moral of the story, Angie, and the very long-winded answer to your question is, are you driving your car or are you allowing others the opportunity? to take the keys that you left in the ignition and dictate the experience that you have in life. If indeed you're unhappy in your current role and you're scared about layoffs, worrying about layoffs is not going to do anything at all. But you know what will do something about your work experience? If you're deliberate in creating meaningful experiences for others, making them smile, laugh, or feel appreciated, you're the last person they're going to want to let go. If you're creating that level of presence and love and light in that respective employer's culture.
2: It's a choice. It's a choice in how you
0: go about it. I believe so. But I I also understand that there are very real things that get in our way. I ask the question regularly: What gets in the way from having fun? What What are some of the things that get in in your ladies' way, Angie, Stephanie? What gets in your way from having fun?
2: For me, it's scheduling too many things. Um, you know, having a an over schedule or not scheduling enough fun in it, or trying to schedule fun. So the spontaneity is something I think I would like more of, more white space, if you will, to have that. I love that.
1: I, it's so funny. You can tell the type of people that we are and why we're good friends. Um, I think a lot of it too is like I think I try to I plan too much, and keep try to keep the you know st- station and trains running on time. That I don't create a lot of space in my life for fun. But when you said something earlier about the music and all these like small little things, and so it, it doesn't take you know massive amounts of brain power to really to set your mood onto what brings you joy. It just takes a little sure. bit of time is what we're, what we're hearing from you, Paul. And that's
0: exactly right. And I think, Stephanie, your response too is something that I feel a lot of individuals and organizations experience on a regular basis. Well, I'm so busy. I, I have so many to-dos. I, I'm so task-oriented. I'm such a planner, Angie, that I got to schedule time for fun. But why? Why can't we take the monotonous tasks that we already have and find joy and fun in them so for example i'm guessing that you both have voicemail greetings on your personal cell phones and if indeed it is not a robot's voice which 50 percent of america has uh it might sound something to the extent of you reach angie leave your name number and a brief message and i'll be sure to get right back to you right if you were to call me what my number? voicemail we'll says, try this. we'll
1: share it <laughs> Uh, If you were
0: to call me, it's what's good. You've reached Paul Long with Fundamism. Leave your name, number, and your favorite childhood sitcom, and I'll be Mm -hmm. certain to get right back to you. Preferred callbacks go the individuals willing to play. Now, as a byproduct of just that voicemail greeting, nine times out of ten what happens is people hang up and they text me, I got overwhelmed by your voicemail, (laughs) just call me. (laughs) I've had individuals leave minute-and-a-half-long voicemail greetings over the power of Jesse Spano and saved by the bell in their life. And the third phenomenon that happens regularly is a brief pause and then a response that says, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And as a result, I don't have an answer for you, but thank you for making me smile today. That's fun. And that's something that you already do. You already have a voicemail greeting. So if you want to create more fun, allow space in the monotonous tasks that you already have day in and day out and find a way to create a brain pattern interrupt in how we look at them i love
1: everything that you've been talking about paul and i swear i want to put this podcast on every morning just to remind myself of my commitments to finding greater joy in this life but for all of us too in this universe last question how can we learn more about you how can we get more Paul's Fundamism into our lives, where can we find you?
0: Well, uh, pauljlong.com is my primary website, fundamism.com. If you're looking to be more deliberate and have no idea where to start, I do have Fundamism University, so it is a virtual platform that's going to deliver specific fundamentals every single month for you to incorporate. It incorporates an activity guide, personal and professional demos that are fun, And I have a book out there, Fundamism, Connecting to Life Through Fun. It's on Amazon. You go there, fundamism.com as well. Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chief, actually contributed the uh, forward of the book. But at the end of the day, I I honestly, I don't do podcasts with the hopes uh, of getting noticed or expanding my reach. I just know that everybody right now has experienced something, is currently going through something, or will go through something. And so if we, with this platform, could identify one to two things that could potentially get somebody out of that proverbial rut, then ultimately our time together was a success. So I greatly appreciate you asking me where to find me. Most importantly, I just hope that people will find their own mental peace.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Paul, for being a guest on the Bet On You podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm on cloud nine now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.
0: (laughs) Have a great day. Be safe, smile Thank often you so and have much. fun. Take care, Paul.
1: Oh my gosh, Stephanie, that was so amazing. Paul was, dare I say, fun. Wasn't he not fun?
2: He was fun. I feel so good after listening and interacting with him. Just the energy. I'm just ready to take on the day even more.
1: I am too. And it's just contagious. And you'd asked a question earlier too. Is it contagious? And it's absolutely. And I don't know that that's why he's doing it. I don't know that his intention is to be so contagious. I think it's really about himself and managing his life and getting the most out of his day to day experiences. I'd love to hear from you. Can you share uh, one takeaway that you picked up from Paul? Yeah, I,
2: I think one of them is don't compare yourself to others. You know, don't make your fun a question of is it like someone else's you have to find your own ways to have fun and not worry about the comparison
1: so no red bow tie for you no clown shoes that's not your think so. flavor of fun i don't see that going on
2: with you <laughs> but i like it for him and that gives off good energy I think
1: so, too. Definitely. One of the things that I picked up on, too, is creating meaningful interactions. And it's definitely something I need to do a little bit better as I move throughout my day. I'm just thinking about in the morning when I'm the taskmaster getting my 13 year old out the house. I can do a better job of not, you know, letting my teenage son's mood impact me but how do i make him smile laugh or feel appreciated and maybe that's the thing i can just share with him appreciation for him because i don't know if i'm going to get a smile or a laugh out of him at 6 30 in the morning but i can definitely make him feel appreciated uh, final thing stephanie one more takeaway from paul's call
2: i think the other part is we have so many tasks and things that we have to do that might not be fun but just have to get done but you can incorporate fun into them. So working out, you might not enjoy fitness or like working out, but you know, his point about the music, you know, you can enjoy music. And then a byproduct was the fitness. How do you go about your emails? How do you go about cleaning the house? Find ways of having fun and joy in those tasks.
1: And know that song, know that song that's gonna get you going. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Bet On You. We've got so many amazing episodes this year just to give you the support and inspiration to help you lead whatever transformation you're finding necessary in your life. And to stay engaged, certainly visit AngieConnect.com. And I'm so excited because Stephanie, now again, blueskyambition.com is out there. Thank you again, Stephanie, send us off.
2: Have a super day and have a lot of fun.
1: Find it. Awesome. Find it. (laughs) Take care, everyone.